Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's good. Are you tucked in and ready for our first live Summoner's Call next week? Uh, As ready as I'm going to (laughs) be. Always a man of preparation. Eddie has come here letting us know that he will be ready. And that live show is brought to you by Extra Life, our campaign to raise funds for the kids. Go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. Donate in the name of Fire Emblem Heroes and Summoner's Call, mentioning Faye or Summoner's Call in your message. And we will certainly allow you to come on the show we will invite you on the show that's that's the whole that's the reason we're doing this we're going to do a live show no matter what but we are inviting folks to join us for our topic to discuss fire emblem heroes so get out there donate you still got a week to do it and i think we've actually locked in a time for our live show eddie you want to share that with the fine folks uh we are planning to do the live show at 2 p.m eastern on october 20 on the set next saturday yeah. Next Saturday, October 27th, you can catch it, twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. Uh, Eddie and I will be streaming throughout the day. I'm going to be starting earlier in the morning. I think Summoner's Call is going to be your first you know, jump-in point uh, on your Mixer channel. So we'll, we'll have more details. We'll tweet it and Facebook it and all that fun stuff, put it on the website. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll get a little mini out before the, before the Extra Life as well. But um, look forward to... All the fun stuff happening next Saturday. Go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to get all the details. Eddie, let's move forward. Let's talk about these banners because someone's got a summon from them, and it certainly wasn't me this week. So I want to know, what did you get? Well, um, we, once again, still have the Musebill banner, the Tempest Trial banner, the Halloween Lands Bounty banner. We also picked up the New Power banner. The Trick or Defeat rerun started a little earlier than I expected, but this week as I expected. And the Ephraim Myrrh Bound Hero banner is still going. I hopped back into the Lands Bounty Halloween banner. Uh, managed to get Myrrh out of it. Um, when my paycheck came around, I got some orbs and dove back in for Kagero. And ended up getting Pity Broken by Kana. Uh, but I did also get on that same wheel a five-star Shigure and a spare Halloween Mia. Uh, so that was a, you know, lucky pull for finishing out the wheel. I did keep going because I still had some orbs at that point and managed to get Kagero a few pulls later. Uh, so I am done with the Halloween banner. And as of right now, I don't, you know, depending on what we the new banner ends up being... I have no intentions of uh, doing much, if any, summoning until the legendary banner to try and minimize how much I spend or not spend anything on that one when it comes out. Yeah. Then it'll be the end of the month before you know it, right? We'll we'll probably have an inkling as to what that legendary banner will be in in the next couple weeks. But, uh, and as, as I noted, um, we had got the Ephraim and bound hero banner battle, uh, this week, which means we now have three murs on a banner, or three banners with mur on it. Well, if you were doing that although, plus ten merge project for mur, you got the perfect scenario, right? Although one of them is seasonal, so that one wouldn't count towards your plus ten. Right. So if you're a fan of mur, 
you'd have three options. But if you're doing a plus ten, you've got two. Cool. Now I um I don't know whether it was a busy week or it was just a slow week in in Fire Emblem Heroes, but I just didn't do any any pulls. I did some free pulls, but I'm I'm still holding on to my free summon for the Halloween banner. I'm I know I want to get a at least one hero from the banner. I just haven't chosen which one that will be. I mean, I guess I could okay. just like pick at random. None of the none of the power. None of the. I was hoping that once there was a a look at these heroes, that would be the the clear sign of who to summon for. But it really it hasn't jumped out at me, and I don't know. I, I still think Mia is a front okay. runner, but being a staff user, it's just not not something I roll with very often. So yeah, I don't know. I'm still I'm still stuck. Yeah, but I got some time we'll to figure, figure it out. Yep. Either then or... You gotta hurry. You only got till the 9th of November to figure it out. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I'll, I'll either figure it out or it'll be the 10th of November and uh, <laughs> it'll it'll have been decided for me. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'll see. Maybe my next week for our live show I'll have some exciting news, but but uh, we'll, we'll see how the week goes. Um, I'm curious, heroic feats, something that's been popping up in the game over the last couple weeks. We got our our second free unit as as Berkut. We were worried that we might not hit that target of uh, mages, was it? It was, yeah, mages, and I wasn't horribly worried, but, you know, it was a good, decent bit higher than the first one, being 10 million to 30 million, and the fact that we were so close on the Fury heroes there that it was, you know, I was like, mages are a little broader than specifically fury so it seems like that we should and yeah the new um hero for the next round the third round is marissa mm. uh she was from the one of the earlier early t tempest trials this year uh, and for this one they've doubled the amount of uh times we have to complete the objective which is 60 million times now uh but this one is once again they've broadened the uh pool and now it's any infantry allies wow so it's it's interesting to look at this because i mean i could have made this suggestion earlier when they started doing this but it's kind of crazy to think that they they can track how many heroes like they can look at a database and say this is how many infantry heroes went in to battle in the last week it's not crazy that they would have that data like they'd even be tracking it seems a little weird um it's online only game so everything's going through their servers at least on the start and finish of the battles um when you're inside a battle it doesn't have to connect during the battle um so in theory they're getting all that info and you would expect them to have some kind of tracking info to see what heroes are proving to be popular and used and what skills are being used and popular, you know, mm-hmm. so they know while they're building their new characters, oh, hey, heroes with this skill were big, so we don't want to make that skill too easy to get. We want to keep that skill rare. But no one gave a crap about this skill, so we can make that skill easier to get, you know? Oh, okay. Or stuff like that. Interesting. Or just more units with this skill or without this skill kind of stuff like that you know yeah i mean i I appreciate that they're bringing these game these events into the game and not solely relying on a japanese twitter account to get retweets uh it's really cool and and it's great that they're giving away 
Tempest Trial heroes, because really that we didn't think there would be any other way to get those heroes, because they always pick new ones for Tempest Trial. So it's yep. it's good all around. It's just happening so far in the background that I that I sometimes forget that it's like I'm not actively doing it. You know, I wasn't actively yeah, sending in a bunch like, of mages. I'm participating, but not by actually participating. Like, um, we, you know, we got stuff going on. I've uh, been working through, I put tap battle, but I meant Tempest Trials. Oh, okay. Uh, and leveling teams. I got my uh, group with Levitane and all in, uh, what's his name? Uh, Horny Boy, Helbindi, no. through. Horny Boy. Um, and, that his name? He's got a horn on his head. Oh, okay. Well, no, Helbindi. I think that has a different <laughs> connotation. Like, <laughs> oh, he's got a horn. Yeah, you just go around with, like that rhinoceros. What a horny boy! <laughs> yes, of yes. course. All rhinoceroses are horny. And and unicorns, <laughs> if they were to exist, sorry, yep. burst your bubble, folks. But uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm working working on my flyer squad with Mia Le- uh, Leg Yarn. Um, and uh, a Minerva I got in Pity Broken, in, uh, but I had one extra spot, spot, so I am using my Jafar Pity Break to fill that out. So I'm sending an infantry unit in, just of not intentionally doing it. And once I finish leveling this group up, I'm going to be doing an all-armor squad. So hmm. That's really so. cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still poking around at uh, tempest trial i haven't even touched tap battle like last time when i went into tap battle i completely missed the daily quests are those still running or no nope oh well see i completely ended yep they ended the day that the last uh stage popped up the next morning there were no was no new daily quest so you once again missed the daily quest oh man that is that feels bad as a free-to-play uh player but uh yeah uh, so I missed the daily quest. That's fine. I'll, I'll go in there and f- I usually wrap it up before it's, we have so long that I'll, I'll go in there and I'll do the, I think the main, the main quest hasn't expired though yet, right? Like it's still there. Correct. The main quests are still going on. I've completed them, but yeah, cause there's like, as far three as I'm aware, there. they're still going on. Yep. Yeah. There's three orbs there and they've moved the, um, uh, accessories over to the actual, uh, floors as you're going through so oh so you just get them yeah you lose one orb during your leveling pro or your progress because it's like the first ones chapter six through ten once you complete those you get the first accessory instead of an orb oh, okay. uh, and then the last one's on like if you do floor 81 through 85 you get the second accessory yeah cool well, I'll have to. I'll have to eventually get to it and and go through it. But I have been poking way my way through uh, Tempest Trials Plus, and you know I got. I still think that Dorcas looks amazing. I need to level him up because I think he looks really cool. Uh, that green yeah. axe is really neat. Oh yeah, he's part of the green squad I'm playing to level up, or the armor squad I'm playing to level up since he is an armored unit. Uh, Kagero is going to be left behind, but I'll find her a group to level up at some point so yeah cool well uh i think that's gonna do it for what we've been playing but it's curious why don't we run over all the events that are happening in the game right now uh well we have a new blessed gardens in tactics drill tactic drill this week uh the relay defense is still going on until the 27th 
the three heroes quests are still going until the 22nd so you got till monday to finish that up if you haven't uh the tap battles going till november 11th the tempest trial is going on until uh the 24th and the Ephraim and Murraybound hero battle that just started is going on until the 25th. Cool. And as for what's coming up, we've got, starting before our next show, October 27th, Grand Conquest starts on October 21st, so uh, Eddie's certainly looking forward to that. Uh, a new Heroes banner starts on the 23rd, so we'll get a preview of that in just a, a short amount of time. And to go alongside that, a Mystery Grand Hero battle on the 25th and I'll, I'll wrapping it up with the forging bonds on october 27th all of which we'll probably know who's in those modes in the next couple days uh and and eddie do we feel like the grand hero battle will be related it usually is right it usually is um which is why i suspect that it's entirely possible that the grand hero battle might uh or the that's blip, 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 blip. The main reason I suspect the new hero banner might not actually be the um, uh, far-fetched heroes, although I still half suspect it with the forging bonds. The main reason I question that is because of the grand hero battle. So unless they're doing Veronica as you know, basic Veronica as the grand hero battle, hmm. or maybe uh, Bruno as the grand hero battle, um, I can't think of who they would u do as a grand hero battle. Related oh, okay. to the far-fetched heroes, if it is far-fetched heroes, uh, we've had kind of a heavy uh, jug draw um, focus this month with the tap battle being about that, and the jug draw uh, being the a region uh, from uh, what game? Genealogy in Thracia. Oh, okay. I believe that is called jug draw or yug draw or however you want to pronounce it. Um, and so it's entirely possible the banner in battle will be from that i won't know until it shows up well so, i think so. we'll know soon enough right we'll probably get a trailer yep. tomorrow uh, we, yep should be if not tonight tomorrow by like 10 p.m we should get the trailer uh, about you know 28 hours before the banner releases on the 23rd cool beans so. uh you've got and an yes, update I, you, you Sorry. predicted it you predicted it right early on i'm so excited to completely forget that grand conquest is going on this week <laughs> well i hope you pre-registered because that's probably the most important thing you could do pre-register to vote i mean pre-register to vote yeah uh <laughs> let's take a look at uh you got a bit of a topic here you uh have an update on soleil yeah it's, yeah, it's been kind of a slow week and last week i uh mentioned the soleil controversy during fates and i uh dug a bit more back in into it and actually um found that what exactly happened in the game wasn't quite what I had heard originally. Um, they, you know, the internet, I'm, I'm going to take a seat. This may shock you. Oh, okay. The internet took things out of context and uh, didn't bother to actually fully look at what was going on. Sounds like the internet. Ran off with that. Yeah. Um, so essentially, uh, when you actually look at the context of the whole situation in the translation, um, when the male, uh, it seemed to be when you had a male avatar, so during one of your support conversations, Soleil would ask you to help her be a strong and cool woman because she gets weak knees and clumsy around the cute girl, girls she likes, cute girls. 
Um, so in a later support conversation, the avatar spiked spikes or off screen spiked her drink with a magic power that temporarily makes her see men as women and women as men, allowing her to practice talking with the avatar as a girl and be more confident around the cute girls until the potion or the you know stuff he spiked her drink with wears off. So not quite the whole conversion stuff, but still you you know kind of spike their drink without actually talking telling them or you know so yeah so it's kind of a communication error basically well it's not even communication error it's it's not as you know anti-gay conversion therapy type stuff as it originally sounded oh i see but it is you know i mean i don't know exactly if the uh you know uh for or the uh, beloved child or beloved comedian stuff had broken with having to do with spiking drinks uh, by the time the game came out. But especially now in culture, you know, spiking someone's drinks without them knowing is it's never been good, but it's even more frowned upon these days. Oh, well, it's, yeah, you're right. Like, it's never, ever a good thing. And. I I, th- I yeah. don't know like it just seems like someone should have said something in development and and I don't know even in Japanese culture I I don't know if it would be considered... and I think it stirred up a bit but you know in Japanese culture they had the full context of what was going on and it was done with the intention of helping a person out but it was still giving them a substance without their knowledge yeah that's not you know? cool so um. You know, and they do reference it later on when, if as a male you, quote unquote, marry the character, and that she fell in love with the avatar as a female when the drink was spiked, and realized she didn't care what they looked like afterwards, and when she marries them, type thing. Because it is quite clear that through her, through the other hints, that she is a uh, lesbian character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, it's a. Uh, it, you're right, though. It, I remember when this happened in you know around around the release of the game, people were people were losing losing their minds over it. So it's good yeah. to kind of have a little more a little more around it to know what was going on. And yeah, you know the fact that it has it really has it really seeped into heroes because it would be really bad if the developer kind of doubled down on it in the sense that not yeah. doubled down on it, but in the sense that they just they referenced it yet again because it was part of her character and fates. And, and they decided when they brought her over to Fire Emblem Heroes, that it was like, okay, well, let's not even go well, there with, I can't talk to women. Oh, I wish there was a, you know, a, a thing that I mean, would help me. Yeah. There's like a subtle hint. If you scroll through her voice lines, she's asked if you've seen any cute girls, there's a subtle hint about her liking cute girls, but mm-hmm. you know, even that's very vague and open to interpretation about, the character so well that's fine i mean like bringing that over like keeping her canon as a you know a lesbian uh character or or a character that was interested in other women that's fine uh, and i think that's great yeah. that they brought that over i'm just glad they didn't well, say like oh i need a, i need help to talk to cute girls by potions oh, yeah, and or like, whatever you know in like i said they last week they removed all that from the american version hmm. i don't know what how she reacts or you know treats the male avatar if you 
when you're talking to her. But you know, in the Ameri- in the U.S. in the Western version, they removed all of that completely. So, mm-hmm. well, that's good. I think it was for probably good measure. But it's it, I I hope that Three Houses doesn't have it. Uh, you know, I was uh, an issue with localization because that would be really nice if we could get a Fire Emblem game over here that doesn't have some sort of controversy. I think Echoes might have been fine. Like there wasn't any issues with Echoes, maybe. Um, yeah, but Echoes didn't have as uh, in-depth of a relationship options, you true. know? True. It does always Characters seem to be... very, Yeah, very limited supports, and even then, there were no conversations for the supports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and it was a bit of a big thing in the fact that, you know, uh, Fate is the first game that has the option to support and pair up characters uh with you know that had actual gay options lesbian and gay options right so it was progressive in that but you know with soleil's you know people taking only part of the info not the full context and the article i read says it doesn't come off as creepy but you can kind of see where especially these days that you know, spiking someone's drink is a little questionable. Yeah, fair. Even if it meant in a good, in a positive manner. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, uh, it is interesting. And, and maybe when we play Fates for Game Club at some point in the future, we will, we'll be able to kind of look a little deeper at what it, what it, what it looks like in the American game. And, and we can go from there. But uh, let's take a look at Summoner's Focus next week. Eddie, we kind of figured this was going to happen at some point, but uh, this is a Shadow Dragon focus, Summoner's Focus. Focus, yep. Summoner's Focus. <laughs> and uh, we just got to rip the Band-Aid because the heroes that are going to be in this poll, as suggested by by Discord, uh, Riss... Technically, we really only got two heroes from Discord. It's because everybody be... said Riss, and someone threw us a bone with Gordon, but which I do appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we added Marth and Young Tiki just to just to kind of fill her out there. But and note these are the original versions, not the uh, legendary versions that came out recently. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Riss apologist, but I do want to throw a bone to the Riss fans because we were thinking of putting legendary versions of Marth and Tiki in here, and I suggested, well, let's just give it to them. Let's not stack it so that maybe people do think you know go to the legendary route. But so yeah, I, I was much more wanting to stack it so people would maybe go the legendary route and give Rissa run for his money. Yeah, at least think about it before before the joke of, of us covering. But yeah, Riss is on the the poll. You can vote. Uh, certainly check out the link in the show notes. We'll put it in the Discord as well. And funny enough, this Summoner's Focus will be during our live episode, in which we'll be joined by two Riss fans. Hopefully, I'll we'll have to reach out to some people, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, and there there was some discussion in Discord earlier about the pronunciation of the name. Right. Um, I it, in in Discord it was stated that the it should be pronounced Weirs, but when I was looking through the wikis, everything I could find, they give no additional pronunciation to help out for a weird pronunciation. Um, in Japanese, uh when it looked showed his name in the Japanese version, it then had like a pronunciation guide for that, and 
it was pronounced riff r-i-f so you know it looks like riss and the japanese pronunciation like with uh you know we know to we know sita is supposed to be pronounced sita because in japan her name is shida s-h-i-i-d-a mm-hmm. so that's why we have the weird sita instead of keda so riss fits more with riff than weirs does so. yeah and and the interesting note in discord with some of them, i mean we'll probably end up talking about this next week but there's another character that is riss spelt r-h-i-s which is which is much from, more closer, but yeah, still from it, the Tellius series, the Path of Radiance games, I think, or maybe it was Radiant Dawn, but one of those two. But it it is interesting. I I I think with these games, you know, pre voiceover, pre characters saying each other's names in in conversation, we always had to make best guesses and. Mm-hmm. And even in books, when you're reading books, you do the same thing. Then suddenly the movie version comes out or, or even talking to a friend who has a different opinion. This stuff happens all the or, time. Or you get an author who decides that, hey, everyone who's saying it wrong needs to be corrected and has a character in the book mispronounce the name the way people are mispronouncing the name. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm referencing there. No, right? I don't, actually. I, I just thought it was Her- a funny Harry scenario. Potter. Oh, okay. Hermione's name. Everyone was, uh, you know, going Hermione or something like that. So in book four, when Victor Crumb's talking to her and is calling her like Hermione Ninny or Hermione, uh, she corrects him. And that's how we knew how to pronounce Hermione's name. Huh. I don't, you know what? The movie's been out for so long that I can't even remember what I would have called her when I was reading the books. And I, I don't think it was Hermione, because yeah. that would have been... Herm- yeah, I was always like, I think Hermione or something like that. So. Yeah. Anyways, Riss. I mean, we're we're prob- we're probably not locking it in. You guys have to vote, and we'll go with whoever wins. So if the Riss campaign is out there and they're listening, get out and vote. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cool. Speaking speaking of Shadow Dragon, yep. We step back into Game Club Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, and I have to kind of confess something. Mm-hmm. I didn't get all the way through everything we were supposed to. I, I didn't either, but uh, I mean, we can talk a bit about that. I think we, between the two of us, uh, you had gotten to chapter ten and finished, and I got through chapter twelve. We're obviously going to talk about what we played, but we're going to talk a bit about uh, our progress going forward. And yeah, without further ado, let's let's go through the story, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, our feelings. Yep. Um, after the incident at Port Warren, Marth and company travel uh, to Parathi to escape. Uh, the um, Parathi Isles are a bit of a risk, as there's rumors that there's a dragon that rules the island who is not very friendly, and it proves true that it is a uh, maniket or dragonkin that rules the island, and he is not happy that people would visit his island, I guess. So... What a dick. He, he, yeah, um, I mean, as far as I can tell, Marth's not there in a vicious manner, and yet he sends people to attack him. Um, so you fight through a nice, complicated map, map with a lot of 
paths blocked off from one way or the other. Um, after you defeat him, Katria shows up and tells Marth of how Minerva is being f uh, forced to fight against Marth, uh, despite her believing that her country has gone astray, essentially, uh, because her sister Maria is being held prisoner uh, and being threatened if she even considers trying to rebel. Um, so Marth then, uh, despite some of his army not fully trusting her, thinking it a trap, he does go, saves Maria from Castledale, and after the, once, if you save Maria before you fight Minerva, you have it, can then recruit Minerva. Cool. So, so that ends pick, chapter 10. Yep, picking up another healer so I can drop Riss off the face of the earth since he's not getting any stats when he levels up. Yeah. Um, you know, not to jump ahead in our conversations, but uh, Lena is my go-to healer. She's kind of bumped up in levels and left everybody behind. Oh. Yeah, she's kind of my go-to healer as well. And um, I've also went ahead and gave her that Fire Emblem. We got our first um, Master Seal in this chapter, and I gave it to uh, Lean or Lena and made her a bishop. So she can uh, attack as well. Sweet. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I need to look at that. Uh, back to the story. This is the next two chapters. Tired from many long battles, Marth and the League arrive at last at Akania, Princess Nina's mother kingdom. Past the mountains lay the royal palace known to some as Millennium Court. Once through the mountains, Marth and the gang go inside the castle to find some helpful folks imprisoned. Racing to save them, Marth rids the court of the evil folks. Da-da-da. Uh, okay. So... This is interesting. So we have a, a scenario here. I want to I want to lead things off with your thoughts though, because you have you have some some pretty. I, we we should discuss your thoughts on the game because I think we were talking pre-show about. This is no echoes. We're having a tough go at this one as we've missed a couple deadlines. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yep. Um. I'm not sure why, and this game did get kind of poor reception when it came out. Maybe it's something about. How old it is, maybe it's the punishing, not even an option to have the casual. Though not a, that I necessarily want casual as my option. It just feels super punishing because I don't like to lose characters, so I'll restart. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I'm enjoying myself while I play, but I have to force myself to play. Hmm. I think maybe part of it is that part of my mind knows that it's going to be a good hour plus of playing if not more per stage uh, just uh per yeah just to finish the one chapter and that's barring any deaths or restarts and there's a part of me that even with the ds being able to close it into sleep mode doesn't really want to commit to that right then half the time yeah you and know? even when you put it in sleep mode like when you have the 3ds and you have a ds game in it it acts a little weird in that you you can't go to the home screen. You actually have to close the game if you want to yes. go to the home screen, right? So that yeah. can be a bit bothersome. I mean, it makes it a bit easier when I lose someone and have to restart. So I just hit the home button instead of having to go to the home screen, open up another game, or tell it to close the original game. Because it automatically closes being a DS game. Right. But still is, yeah. At sleep mode, it means it's in that game until I either suspend or opt to leave. 
So yeah, I I'm feeling the same. Uh, maybe not the exact same. I, I've I've found that um, right now it's a busy time, both personally and video games wise. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment out there that we can choose from, and that also impacts you know our ability to play this game in our in our off time. And but you're right. There's something about the game that just feels off and maybe it is the fact that like this was reviewed it wasn't received very well when it came out and i can kind of see why it's it doesn't have the same heart that i remember fire emblem on the game boy advance having it's kind of dull in that way and that a lot of the characters and the art and the combat and the maps they just i don't know sometimes you just don't feel it and when you go into a chapter, there are some chapters that we played this week that I actually really did enjoy. So chapter 11, where you're kind of, it was a really cool setup where there's a bunch of mountain ranges. Uh, well, it was a cool setup, but there was one part of it that was really bad. It's, it's your introduction to the uh, long range artillery. Super duper frustrating. Yes. But the map was really cool in that there was two villages of, you know, there was a village of like mercenaries and there's the village where you're actually trying to go to to, to finish the map. And I really dug that. But it was kind of ruined after you, you do the first village of mercenaries and you tear through there. But then when you go up to the top of the part of the map to finish it, there's these artillery units. And it's like you have to bait some of the heroes out. And some of the heroes, like, I don't know. It just There's something about it. It just doesn't feel completely like designed with with happiness in mind. Like It's trying to make you hate the game or, or dislike it at the very least. I mean, the game has always been a strong strategy, and with the original versions, it was very much a heavy strategy game, because with permadeath, uh, that they've sort of given you the option to get rid of in the more recent games, mm-hmm. it's very punishing if you manage to not quite reach there. Uh, and I've noticed that in this uh, one, you're getting... Like a max of fourteen characters have who have to fight down, you know, often at times twenty plus opponents just to start, and that doesn't include potential reinforcements that might come at come at you. Right. You know, like the Minerva one. I think it was fourteen to eighteen when you start, but after a couple turns, as you're making your way inside the fortress, another eight enemies show up every turn for it happened for me for at least two turns you know like two armored two horse archers and four regular cavaliers just showed up and started flooding down the map you know Mm -hmm. so you suddenly get a you know you went from 14 versus 18 to 14 versus uh, you know, another 16 on top of that. So 30 some odd opponents. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I mean, it's just, I agree. It's, I stand by my original statement when we started having this discussion is like the game just feels a little, a little dull, you know, uh, there's something about it. It seems like there's something missing or something quite wasn't given the right sheen. Uh, but there are I maps think that, that stand was out. the common response when the game originally came out. So yeah, like I, I don't know, 
like the game isn't technically broken so i can't say here whether we would ever like stop playing a game for game club i think we just we look at slowing down a little bit because yeah my biggest concern with the game is that they're throwing new characters at you constantly and if you look at a guide or anything to to kind of help you with how to recruit these characters because some of it's pretty like pretty they're pretty easy to miss um it's it's weird because i kind of lost my train of thought there but uh <laughs> there's just a lot of characters you can summon and and a lot of these character guys i found it some of the character guys say like you can get this guy but he's not as good as the guy you got before so just ignore him and it's like well wait why are you giving me all these options when people suck is it because i should be losing folks is that why well, like yeah, I think that's because it is permadeath. So if you are not resetting it every time you lose someone, you I would have lost four or five of my characters as I go through the game. Right. By now, at least. So these additional characters are if, like, you know, you lost... You were running through and you lost uh, Barst. You get another character to replace him. Although that one you kind of get at the beginning, but... Like, we, you just picked up George here in, in uh, Chapter 9, or, yeah, I think it was in Chapter 9, picked up George, and, you know, if you have Gordon and Caster, you have two archers with you already, but George is another archer, an already re- uh, upgraded archer, even, so you don't Jeez, even sniper. need a, yep, you don't even need a, a Master Seal for him. You know, like, you picked up Maria, if... You know, I already have two healers that I was running with. And with the number of characters you can send in, you don't really need three healers. You know, I've been going with two to make sure people keep people up as much as I can. But, you know, and like I said, because Riss is still refusing to give me any up- any stat upgrades when he levels up, I've dropped him to see how Maria does for a while. So, yeah, yeah, they give you backups in case you lost characters along the way. But it is, you know, a bit of a risk. It, I mean, that's fine. I just, I don't know. There was, I don't think I've missed anybody yet. I mean, uh, like you mentioned, we got Georgia, Maria, Minerva that were recruitable this round. But then there's uh, Lind and Jake in chapter 11. And. Lind is just a, like, it, if you see a village on the map, uh, yeah, go talk to it, bring Marth. That's usually your go-to for recruiting a new character or getting some item. You are, it makes sense. You are the prince. People know who you are. So I guess the logic checks out. But then there's Jake in the in Chapter 11, who is, who is your first artillery unit that you can recruit. And mm-hmm. you have to talk to him with Sita. And... Yeah, and you apparently have to visit a... I'm guessing it's a house it is where a house, Anna yeah. resides before you get to him. Yes. And by the, and that sucks because, well, you know, visiting the house is one thing, but there are like six of them there. So I often, because I was trying to recruit Jake, I had to restart countless times because sending Sita in to talk to Jake, that meant she was surrounded by other artillery units you know, some cavalry, stuff like that. So I had to be really careful. And oftentimes I'd lose a character, whether it was trying to balance, you know, taking out the other units in or, or taking out Sita or taking Sita in to talk to Jake. But it was just really tough. And then I had to restart from where I set the bookmark at, 
which was before I talked to all those houses and bought a bunch of stuff and recruited Lynn. So, I, like, I, sh- I guess I should be more strategic about how I'm saving and how I'm recruiting. But then on the other end, it's like, why design a game in a way that could cause these negative feedback loops? Like, why? Well, I think when they first started it, it was about the strategy. When the series first started. Yeah. And as they progress, they've learned things to update and change. And there are some hardcore Fire Emblem fans who are not happy with the way Awakening and uh, Forward is. True. You know? But it is definitely more accessible in, you know, that now as the way they have it set up with stuff like Miller's Turnwheel and Echoes uh, that allow you to just go back a map chapter or a, sorry, a turn or two to try something different. So, but still have restrictions. So if you go use it too many times, you're in trouble. True. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess this is just, we're feeling what it's like to play a game that came out years before some of our favorites in the series. Yeah, this is like early 90s, if not 80s game, so. Yeah, the original, and and you're right, even the remake, you know, kind of pulls a lot from that original, so that that is a valid statement. Um, What what I did... Go ahead. Yeah, the remake was very minimal changes to the original. Uh, They added a few things, like reclassing and... Uh, other uh, slight uh, UI improvements, but for the most part, they did not really change the game that much. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. It, it, and that's that. I guess that's part of the issue is that when you got Echoes, they changed so much. I think they learned from their previous attempts at remakes with that game. Uh, well, they did and they didn't, because um, like a lot of complaint about Echoes. Um, you know, was the fact that some of the really crappy maps from Gaiden were still there. Mm. I mean, they definitely upped the graphics completely and enhanced, uh, you know, with dialogue and all that. Um, aside from the adding in Burkut, my understanding is that in Burkut and Miller's Turnwheel, aside from those things, a good chunk of what was there is what was originally there. You know, I don't know how much for sure they actually did change. Um, you know, it's just with the turn wheel, it made it a bit easier. You were, you know, better able to reverse if something happened and stuff like that, you know. Like you said, um, I power leveled a lot, but, you know, because they had the dungeons and stuff that were in the original, mm-hmm. uh, but you were because you were tighter on time, you weren't power leveling as much. You said there were a couple times where you were kind of uh, using up most, if not all, uses uses of your turn wheel to try and beat a level, because it was quite challenging. Yeah. So, it's... Sorry. No, I, I think you're, you're right. Um, I, I, well, yeah. It is what it is. We'll slow down, but I did want to touch on chapter 12, uh, the last chapter I played, and then it did have a really cool... It made you feel like a tactician in that one because I think it was a really well set up map and that you are in the castle and 
right away you notice that there are uh, automatically recruitable enemies. They're they're controllable by you. I, I thought maybe it would just be like a race against time and the AI would control them until I could free them, but they were stuck in a jail cell. But you could actually you could actually control them. They had no weapons, so they had no way of defending themselves. And basically, once you arrive at the castle, they're like, "Oh no, the the, the Marth is here. Let's kill the prisoners." So you have to control them as you kind of micromanage them taking hits because there's only so many squares where you're not going to get hit. And it was mm-hmm. a matter of you know racing over there, and you had so much time to take out the other enemies, free them, and then they're they're yours to control. I really dug that and. And it was the instance, the first time where there were re- reinforcements where it actually made sense, and it was a lot of fun to strategically kind of farm that for XP while while finishing the game. So I really dug Chapter Twelve. It was probably my favorite chapter so far in the game. Nice. So when you get to that, I'd be curious to hear what your what your thoughts are. But uh, yeah, you get all these characters just out of the blue. They're just yours. They're just pr- prisoners. There's like five of them. So. Um, okay. You can't really do much with them because they don't have weapons. So I guess you could like get them to go to Marth and get stuff out of the convoy. But um, I sort of just healed them up and and left them and then finished the map. It wasn't a yeah. it wasn't a particularly difficult map, but it was still fun to kind of create a chokehold in the hallways as the reinforcements just kept like coming up uh, uh, and hitting my guys. So yeah, to end thing to like kind of end on a positive note, I really did like Chapter Twelve. And I look forward okay. to hearing what your thoughts are next uh, next time we chat. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, any anything it... else? No. Uh, so just in case we didn't, uh, you weren't aware, the recruitable characters for these uh, chapters were George, Maria, and Minerva for up through chapter ten, and Lind and Jake in chapter eleven. And uh, those five characters you get at the start of chapter twelve were. Medea, Tomas, Boa, Macellan, and Dolph. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised Dolph needed a weapon. I mean, Dolph Lundgren's pretty big and tough. I figured he'd just beat him senseless. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't the universal soldier yet. He was still kindergarten cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he. they didn't have any weapons. They were in prison, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean... You, generally don't give prisoners weapons no or at least don't let them keep them but even the bishop they took the bishops uh i think boa is is a, is a bishop they they took his uh his staff <laughs> so they didn't even live again you generally don't keep them weapons and you know that you know bishops in this world you would know bishops are healers or right uh you know and a bishop can cast magic spells too so since you need a book to do that in this world they probably wouldn't let him keep that stuff oh you'd think you'd let him keep the the staff but i guess you're right like if you're if you're gonna have a prisoner you might as well uh might as well keep on it yep as we mentioned we are gonna slow things down a bit until at least both of us catch up then we'll reassess at that point uh how many chapters we'll try and do per session uh so right now this time we're only adding one chapter so through chapter 15 Uh, for next time, and I will do my best to try and get through all five chapters instead of just the four I did this week. So. I believe in us. We can do it. We might have to slow down just to kind of keep morale up, but I think we can do it. Yep. So, on to Speculation Corner. Uh, I'd have to double-check the map to see exactly when, but we have a legendary hero coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So, do you have any guesses on who that'll be? Uh, we know from context that it should be a red hero. Red? Okay. Yes. Any uh, specific uh, season that we should be thinking about? Um, I haven't double-checked the data mining, so I don't know exactly what season it's expected to be. Right. So our so, last one was Tiki, and the one before that was yes. Marth. So I think we can kind of throw out Shadow Dragon, right? Like, we don't think it's going to be another one of those. I doubt it. Yeah. It could be, but Marth is really the big one there. I guess you could do Sita, but they seem to have focused more on her wing spear, so she would probably be a blue unit. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I think as a red unit... Um, man, I, I really just don't want, I don't, I don't want another sword, uh, legendary hero. I feel like we got lots of those, right? Or am I a wrong? A lot of sword, we do seem to have a lot of sword heroes. Most of the red heroes are sword heroes, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and red is the most, probably the most common of overall heroes, even. Well, I, I will be honest, I have no real no real uh goats in this race uh, as as people never say but i i do know here that you you have a thought and and i think you and i both agree in that this is we're going to be right eventually <laughs> by suggesting the character you have listed here eventually uh but i mean i was figuring alm maybe uh because in his game he does get a bow as a unit and Alm could be our red bow unit. We do not um, have a red bow unit yet, right? We have green correct. and blue. We do not have a red bow unit. Uh, we have a green, blue. We just got our second blue bow unit uh, mm-hmm. from the Halloween banner with Niles. Uh, but there's still... The colored bows have been kept kind of on a tight lip. Or not a tight shift. You know, very limited heroes. Um Looks like we will have next week to discuss it some more with any of our guests who come on if they want to, but because the uh, legendary here is not till the thirty first, but still, um, yeah, you know. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, there's been a heavy focus on the drug draw series, the genealogy in Thracia, uh, so we could get a Selif, a Sigurd, or even a Leaf. Um, I kind of feel like. With the colored bows, they would want to get the last one out there eventually, or, you know, possibly sooner rather than later. Could be wrong on that. So that's why I kind of lead, lean towards Alm. Mm-hmm. Although, for all I know, Selif, Sigurd, or Leaf could use bows in their games and could pop up as a red bow unit, but don't know for sure. Yeah, I think Om. Um, I would really love to see Om. Um, I think more of the Jugdral series, as you said, would be interesting. I don't think we have any legendary heroes from from that yet. Uh, uh, correct, but we don't have any legendary heroes from uh, Gaiden slash Echoes yet either. So I would really love to see Om. Um, honestly, I know we sound like a broken record, but it just we're due. You know, he's due his time in the sun. And I think it's time that we get Alm. And if it's an archer unit, that'd be awesome. I would pull immediately on a, on a legendary red Alm archer. Because I think that the other legendary... Like, Lin kind of came and fell flat. I think Bosina was, was a good addition to the game. But I think Alm has a chance to really, really shine. 
as a legendary archer. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just thinking back to Echoes and thinking fondly of them. I, I, we just need more yeah. of that game. And yes, there is a possibility we could get Celica as the Echoes character. Uh, maybe her as another mage version. Uh, but, you know, we just got Brave Celica. So, kind of feels a little overdoing it, but then again, wouldn't be the first time they've done that. I would, I would really prefer. I think Celica. Yeah, I think you're right. Like a third Celica. Um. Yeah. I don't know. And I just feel without having a red archer yet, Alm fits perfectly for the red archer. Yeah. I mean. So why don't we so. lock red archer Alm in? And then a broken clock is right twice a day. And eventually we'll get there, right? Maybe. In theory. <laughs> maybe four or five years down the line for all we know, but... Oh, man, what does this game look like in four or five years? That might be a fun topic to look at at some point. <laughs> Next time, we, we actually had a quick conversation uh, over Discord kind of thinking, like, what if we have another one of these weeks? Because literally nothing. Like, there really was no news. Um, yep. Not a whole lot. And... It might be worth kind of having some some interesting topic conversations uh, to look at. I had suggested maybe thinking about what book three looks like, and and if next week is quiet, we can use that for the live show. So um, yeah. if and anybody there was has those one thoughts. person discussing about a big update for book three was adding relay defense to Grand Conquest. Yeah, expecting me to give a giant reaction to it, but like I'm already mad on Grand Conquest, so. I'd be just as mad if they had relay defense. I think some others who actually do like Grand Conquest were like, "Yeah, I wouldn't want that." Yeah, well, so. I hope I hope that I, I hope Book Three brings some interesting stuff to the game. I think Book Two really shook things up. So if you have thoughts, certainly put them in the Discord. We'll collect them for next week. You can also send them into our email if you have, if you want to do that as well, and we'll cover all that at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to our live show. A reminder, uh, this is our last week before that show. So if you want to go donate to join in, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. Mention Faye or Summoner's Call and we will count that and we'll get you in here. Both Eddie and I are on the team now. So you can donate to Eddie and get him started. And uh, we'll do a live show on October 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to it. Eddie, any final words for the wonderful listeners out there that are huge fans of Riss. Ugh, it's so hot out. I'm going to change out of this. What do you mean? I can't change here? That worked out perfectly. Uh, you can visit the show at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, as I said, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter I'm at R. Murphy. Eddie is at Drellfear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.